0: Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. Do you want to be guaranteed success in leadership? Do you want to finish the race well? There's nothing more important than practicing these personal disciplines on a consistent basis. Doug heeds us to pay attention and how to pray in agreement with purpose and power. As Hebrews 2 says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard so that we do not drift away. After the episode, consider leaving a review and follow us on your favorite streaming service. The book Leadership Awakening is referenced in this episode and is available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. With so much going on around the world, I find it so important for me personally to clearly discern or even pay attention to the voices I'm listening to, to clearly know what my fundamental beliefs of faith are. I need to hear from the voice of God more than ever before. You know, Hebrews chapter 2, 1 through 4 says it this way, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that We do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him, and God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. Wow. Pay attention. Don't forget our great salvation. So here it is in Hebrews 2, verse 3. It warns us to not neglect this great salvation. In the same way, we must be careful not to neglect the fundamentals of our faith and the necessary ingredients for spiritual growth. I know I need that personally on a regular basis. Yes, the flesh will war against the spirit and make it difficult, but we must devote ourselves to the foundational disciplines of prayer, worship, studying God's word, sacrificial giving, and always putting God's kingdom above our own interest. You've heard me say it over and over and over, and really the scripture says that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, so all these other things, those things that are important to us, shall be added to us. But you've heard me say over and over, while men reach for thrones to build their own kingdoms, Jesus reached for a towel to wash men's feet. In order to awaken our leadership potential as disciples of Jesus, we must finish the race well, and we must address our personal spiritual disciplines. Do you want to finish well? I know I do. There's nothing I believe that's more important than implementing and practicing our faith with personal disciplines on a consistent basis. Now, we're not saved by works, it we're saved by faith and grace in Christ and Christ alone, and by grace in Christ alone. But here's the deal. If we don't apply certain parameters and disciplines in our lives, how then can we know how to respond according to the Spirit rather than the flesh? And so in order for us to walk in our potential and finish the race well, I believe we do need to address our spiritual disciplines. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5, 16 and 17, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. O God, help me not to work according to the flesh, but help me, God, to respond by the Spirit of God that dwells in me. Your Word teaches us, God's Word teaches us, That in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask, think, or even imagine, according to the power that works in us. Now, it's not our power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit, the risen King that dwells in these temples purchased by the blood of Christ. We are the living, breathing temples of the Holy Spirit. This means we shouldn't be surprised if our flesh struggles to submit to biblical discipline. When I was in the fitness business, we used to say, no pain, no gain. In some regard, I've applied this in my personal spiritual walk as well. I'm often reminded of the words of the late Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was martyred because of his faith in God and how he stood against Nazi Germany and the atrocities that he saw, as well as standing up against Hitler. And before he was martyred, he said this, When all is said and done, The life of faith is nothing if not an unending struggle of the Spirit with every available weapon against the flesh. In the complexities of the world in which we live, one of the greatest challenges against us as Christians is to take away one of our greatest weapons, that place of communication with God. That's prayer. So I believe one of the most crucial areas of my personal discipline as a leader is prayer. This is not just an option, it's a necessity for me. As Leonard Ravenhill used to powerfully describe, prayer must be a top priority for every Christian, and especially those of us in Christian leadership. He said, No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, he said, but few agonizers. Many players and payers few prayers, many singers, few clingers, lots of pastors, few wrestlers, many fears, few tears, much fashion, little passion, many interferers, few intercessors, many riders, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. Wow. A consistent prayer life, I believe, will never happen automatically or by a casual commitment. At times, my flesh Resist entering into a place of commitment and deep communication with God, but once I'm there, I'm glad that I made the choice to intentionally take that posture of humility and need time and communication with God. See, prayer is not meant to be complicated or super cerebral. It's simply communication with God. When practiced on a consistent basis, it produces intimacy with God. As Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, the founder of Christian Men's Network, used to say, Prayer produces intimacy to whom you pray, with whom you pray in agreement, and then for whom you pray. There is power when we go to God in prayer and communication, and our prayers transcend geographic location because the Lord is everywhere. Everyone may have his or her own pattern when it comes to their prayer life, but my personal conviction is that I should never leave my house hotel room, or wherever I'm staying without two prayer times in the morning. Again, this is not everyone's way of praying, but this is my personal conviction for me personally, as I want to grow spiritually deeper in consecration, higher in expectation of the Lord. I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I don't want to face the day without these two prayer times for me personally. This has become such a vital part of my personal life, that I carried out even when I've been pushing the snooze button on my alarm and wake up late. I'd rather not miss my morning moments with God, even if that means I'll arrive a few moments late somewhere or for a meeting. These two morning prayer times that I have aren't always as long as I'd like them to be, but they are necessary in allowing God to put things in order as I begin my day. My first prayer is what I call my horizontal time. It's the very first thing I do when I wake up. Before even attempting anything else, even getting out of bed, I just lie down and begin to thank my Heavenly Father for His love, His goodness, His mercies, His grace. I say things like, Father, I thank You. I typically say, I'm not even asking You for anything, but I just want to thank You and praise You just because, because, because of who You are and what You have already done. And I begin to go through all these various things that I'm grateful for. And then I say, Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Help me to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you for my family and my friends. I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed me with a wonderful wife and daughter and mother-in-law. And I thank you for my co-laborers in ministry around the country and throughout the world. I could give additional examples of what I give thanks for, but I think you get the picture. What I do is I don't ask for anything, no supplications, just strictly thanking God Honoring God, appreciating God just because of who He is. This small discipline has had tremendous impact in my life. You know, many people in our generation have never had much of a personal relationship with their earthly fathers or parents. Often they haven't had consistent spiritual parents either. So nothing is more important or powerful than fixing our attention on our Heavenly Father as we begin each day. I need His wisdom, I need His guidance, I need His direction. Though there is no set pattern for how we should pray, I think Jesus set a beautiful example when he taught us how to pray, when he said this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts or our trespasses, as we forget our debtors or those who trespass against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Of course, many people start their prayer time by driving right into supplications and prayer requests, laying out their plans for the day. But personally, I choose to do that in my second prayer time, which I call my knee time. He said, my first prayer time is strictly a time of adoration, gratitude, thanksgiving, and appreciation. I encourage you to try this in your own life. There's something about what attracts God's presence when we show adoration and appreciation and honor first. Don't ask Him for anything as you begin your prayer time. Just thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for His salvation, for His grace, His wisdom, His favor. Tell Him how grateful you are for His healing power, His strength, His provision, His protection, His peace. You'll be amazed by how this simple exercise in personal discipline and prayer can transform your own attitude and give you a new outlook on your day. Thanksgiving and praise are keys to experiencing God's presence all day long. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Now after I'm done thanking the Lord without asking for anything, I get up, take my shower, have my devotion time, and, and I do what I call my knee time. I find a spot in my closet or at the foot of my bed to fall to my knees and give my day to the Lord. This second prayer time, my knee time, go something like this. Lord, I know that in my human frailty, I'm not the most equipped or most qualified to do what I do. You've called me to do things I can only do with your help. I'm nothing without you. You're everything to me, Lord. There's nothing. I'm nothing without you. But since you put me in these roles, allowed me this stewardship, I'm relying on you to equip me and empower me to do what I need to do today. Lord, help me to be faithful in my walk and all your purposes for my life. Be glorified in all that I do, say, and think. I also typically ask God to give me a right spirit, a clean heart, and a sharp, stable, sound mind. And then I pray, Lord, may you be glorified in all that I think, do, and say. Sometimes I even call to mind a specific scripture passage like Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. I've found that even when I don't even remember all the things that I prayed that morning and how I started my day, God always takes me at my word. Yes, I have frailties and flaws, and I make plenty of mistakes along the way, but I know the Lord hears my prayers, and He holds me to the commitments I've made to Him. More than anything else, I believe that the Heavenly Father wants us to just come into a place of communication with Him, to have intimacy in that relationship with Him. He wants our time with Him to consist of dialogue, not just some sort of one-way monologue. Yes, He hears what's in our hearts, but He also wants to communicate to us what's on His heart. Now, let me reiterate to you that I'm not trying to sound like some sort of super prayer person, and I don't want you to think that I'm spending hours in the morning with the Lord, but sometimes I may only have a few moments because I'm late, or I'm rushing out the door for a meeting or an appointment, But even if the time is brief, I always make sure that I have my horizontal prayer time of thanksgiving to the Father, followed by my knee time to lay out my day before Him. Why are these prayer times so essential for me? Because I know I can't face my day without the Lord's favor, direction, and guidance upon my life. When I speak about the importance of prayer at churches or conferences, seminars, nearly everyone nods in agreement. In fact, I've hardly ever met a Christian who doesn't acknowledge that prayer is a powerful force. We all seem to know we should be more devoted to personal prayer and intercession, but we often lack the needed discipline to have a personal, consistent prayer life. In his essay, The Common Denominator of Success, Albert E. N. Gray said, The successful person has the habit of doing the things failures don't like to do. They don't like doing them either necessarily necessarily. But their disliking is subordinated to the strength of their purpose. Notice the word habit. It's not enough to sporadically shoot a prayer up to God during a time of crisis. Prayer and other spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible needs to be a daily habit. I like this quote from the former Ohio State football coach Jim Tressel. He said, The hallmark of excellence, the test of greatness, is consistency. John Maxwell wrote in his book, The Fifteen Invaluable Laws of Growth, said, When I started my speaking career, I believed that motivating people was the key to helping them succeed. If I can get them moving in the right direction, I thought, they will be successful, he said. You see, Maxwell is a well-known motivational speaker, and he recognizes that motivation is critically important to us all. He said, My goal was to inspire people so much that they'd be ready to charge hell with the water pistol, he recalls. When I was done, I'd walk away thinking, I've done a good job, but often whatever motivation people received didn't seem to last very long, he said. Over years of motivating people to make positive changes in their lives, Maxwell concluded that something was missing, an indispensable ingredient for lasting success. He goes on to say, I'm still a big believer in motivation. Everyone wants to be encouraged. Everyone enjoys being inspired. But here's the truth when it comes to personal growth. Motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. That's the law of consistency. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how many opportunities you may receive. If you want to grow, consistency is the key, he said. Perhaps you've discovered the same principle at work in your own life or the lives of those you lead. You were motivated for a while, but you still aren't able to maintain your objectives or keep your resolutions. If you struggle with discipline like I do at times, or even follow through, take a moment right now to ask the Lord to help you. Begin to ask the Lord to help us to overcome our places of laziness or slothfulness or fears or insecurity, procrastination, excuses, or other factors that have diverted us from our objectives. Sometimes during my horizontal prayer time or my time of gratitude and just thanking the Lord for who He is in my first prayer time in the morning, part of my prayer is I say, Lord, thank you for the joy of your salvation. Thank you for the privilege of your calling. Thank you that you're my Savior and my healer, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, and relationally. And thank you that you are my deliverer, deliverer not just from enemies, but deliverer from my own insecurities and fears and my lacks of discipline. God, help me to be what you've called me to be. Let's all make a new commitment to turn our good intentions into lifelong habits today. As I alluded to earlier, prayer is also the place of power when we pray in agreement. Although a consistent prayer life is indispensable to lasting success for us as Christians and Christian leaders, It's only the beginning. Our personal prayers can be supercharged when we come into agreement with our spouse or others and other believers because there's something about agreement in the place of prayer that produces intimacy to God, together, and for those we pray. The Bible says, If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, he said, I am there in the midst of them. Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20. Our personal private time with God in prayer is powerful, but there's also something exponentially more powerful and available to us when we unite in agreement and prayer with others. The Greek word translated agree here is symphonio, from which we get the English word symphony. It's a beautiful picture of the kind of harmony God wants us people to have as they pray in agreement together and work together for the purposes of the kingdom of God. This is seen throughout scriptures. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost when the believers were all in one accord in one place, Acts 2 verse 1, and were told how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there the Lord's blessing is bestowed upon us, Psalm 133 verse 1 and verse 3. So let's remember today private prayer is the key to public power, but unleashing heaven's resources on the earth and our power increases exponentially when we pray in unity with other believers and other leaders. With all the complexities in the world around us, all the challenges that we face today, may we come back to that place of recognizing there's nothing without the Lord. We need His presence, we need His peace. We need His purposes like never before. We need His perspective. We need His wisdom and guidance and direction. And that only comes when we recognize His Lordship in our lives and every part of our lives, that He will be glorified in all we do, say, and think. And to reiterate the words of Leonard Ravenhill again, no man or woman is greater than their prayer life. Lord, personally, I ask you to do a work in me so you can do a work through me. I pray you will remind me every day, every morning, throughout the day, before I go to sleep at night, of the importance of seeking after you, because without you, Lord, there is nothing. There is no hope in a world of complexities and challenges and difficulties. God, I need you. I'm nothing without you. Help me, Lord, to be sensitive to your leading, to know your voice and to obey your voice, to walk in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Help me, Lord, to let your light shine in me in such a way that others may see you and be drawn to you, not to me. Lord, I recognize that who I am in private has everything to do with what I do in public. God, help me to be a man of consistency, a man of sensitivity to you and to the needs of people. Help me to be led by the Holy Spirit at all times. And help me, Lord, to get all the other voices that swirl throughout the day out of my mind and listen to the voice of the Heavenly Father who leads me and guides me. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.